0: How do we get students to move from participating to contributing? We all know it's so important, but how do we actually make that happen within our churches and our ministries? Today, we'll talk about why it's so important for students to serve, but also how to make it happen. Welcome to Student Ministry Connection. Welcome to Student Ministry Connection, a podcast for those who serve in student ministry, want to connect, and have a desire to grow. My name is Steve Cullum, and I'm so glad that you are here with us on this episode. Today, we're going to be talking to Kristen Clark. Kristen has a number of years in kids' ministry, but also in student ministry as well. And she hosts the Collide Kids podcast, a fun and unique show for kids and families where they learn how life and faith collide. And this is a podcast not only for the parents, but also for kids. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But the bigger topic that we're going to tackle today on this episode is why students should serve and how do we actually make it happen within our churches? How do we move students from participating in our churches and our ministries to actually contributing back to the body of faith that they're a part of and maybe using that to take their faith to the next level? We're going to talk all about that in today's episode with Kristen Clark, but before we jump into that, it's important for us to thank a longtime sponsor of the podcast. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. G-Shades has options to fit everyone as well, with three plans to choose from. This curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you do better, Do you need message outlines, a discussion guide, and a game? That's just $20 a month. If you're looking for a higher production value, including bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides, that's $30 a month. And if you want an affordable, engaging video curriculum, G-Shades has you covered for only $40 a month. You will not find a better youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere. Head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S.org to download season four of G-Shades curriculum and use the promo code CONNECTION at checkout to receive an extra $20 off your order. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Thank you, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You can find the link to G-Shades in the podcast show notes. I'm so excited for you all to connect with Kristen Clark today, to hear her story, to hear us talk about how we can get students serving, and also gain some encouragement from her as well. Let's jump right in. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Kristen.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So I know you have worked in children's ministry for over 16 years, and you have your own Collide Kids podcast. Which I, I love that it's it's focused on families with kids between seven and twelve years old, right?
1: Right. And yeah, I I feel like the younger kids um are gonna be residual listeners, but this it, we try to aim it for those upper elementary kids. So yeah,
0: yeah, and I think <laughs> one of the cool things about your podcast is it's not just for the parents. It's not just for those maybe that work in kids ministry or anything like that. You actually target the the kids themselves and have kids on your podcast too. Um, but in, di- in addition to those kids, you've had guests like Scott Hamilton, which I thought was really awesome. Uh, Mark Me too. Moore. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, Mark Moore, who's an author and pastor. Uh, yeah. Yancey, the musician. Uh, Stuart Hall, which is one, like a student ministry legend. Oh, yeah. Love Stuart. Uh, John Williams, who is connected uh, with Orange and does a lot of stuff there acting and everything, and the skit guys. Uh, so you've got quite the the guest list that's been on your podcast. So people should definitely check it out. But one of the things that I love about your podcast is you start out every episode asking your guest to tell a joke. So yes. <laughs> before we start out, I thought it'd be great to steal something from your podcast and just ask you, tell us a joke today.
1: Uh, I would be honored to. Yes. I love really corny jokes, dad jokes, all that stuff. And you know the reasoning behind it is I feel like it disarms a little bit. So even if we're going to talk about something really intense, it's also really fun to kind of get people opened up with talking about a joke. And my kids love this part of the podcast. So maybe they'll they'll listen to this episode since you have a joke in yours um, or a few jokes. I have a few. Okay, let's see. Let me right. try out a few. All right, let's see. Uh, what did the farmer say when all his haystacks were stolen? I don't know. He said, "This is the last straw." <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. You got a little <laughs> chuckle. That was good. Yeah. Um, what do you call a smoothie with a lot of granola? I don't know. A roughie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was for student ministry. That was. <laughs> um, let's see. Here's a dad joke. My hotel tried to charge me $10 for extra air conditioning. That wasn't cool. Hmm. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, what do you call a beehive without an exit? Without an exit
0: I don't know.
1: Unbelievable. Mm, nice. <laughs> See, I think these are hilarious. <laughs> That's why I do this on my show. It's just for me. I don't care about the kids listening. It's just for my benefit. It's good. It's <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's uh, you know, those jokes have been around forever. I, I feel like we've done a disservice in calling them dad jokes for whatever reason. It it makes True. the jokes worse, it makes dads worse for some reason. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good but it also brings commonality like we all like can relate like oh you told a dad joke you know so it brings people together too so we'll give it credit for that
0: yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, those are good so Kristen um I know like we said earlier you've been in ministry for for over 16 years so you have a lot of experience there but take us back if you if you don't mind to the beginning how did God bring you to where you are uh, and at this point in your story
1: uh, how long is your podcast? So I don't go to, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So I, I've always kind of been inclined to ministry. Um, I grew up in the church. I was very involved. My family was very involved. Uh, my uncle was actually, well, cousin, uncle, yeah. Close family member. He was the pastor of our church. And so we were very connected with our family and, you know, we were just connected with community. And even when I was in high school, I, I kind of got, burned out a little bit of just going to youth group all the time. And so I started serving just as a way to give me something else to do and, um, and get more connected. And, and I think that kind of helped me not burn out from the church is to start serving. And so that's why I'm a big advocate for students getting plugged in. Cause I think it's a great way for them to connect with the body of believers. But, uh, for me, that was a big thing. And then I went to, I went to a Christian college. I went to Liberty university. Uh, I served on a ministry team there. So we got to travel every weekend, just about, things like two to three weekends per month, we were traveling on the road uh, doing Disciple Now weekends and student ministry events all over the country. And <clears throat> I loved it. I was on the comedy team, so I got to use some of my jokes. Nice. Uh, we did improv and things like that. It was so fun. But one of the things that it really exposed me to, to all different types of churches and denominations and ministries and things that were really going well and It taught me how to connect with people, how to connect with students and parents. And so I had this like incredible exposure in college. It wasn't even my major. I was in, I was a music ed major. So, uh, it really kind of gave me this broad perspective of what the church looks like, especially on the student ministry side. And then, um, between my junior and senior year, I went to a church in Atlanta. I was, I'm from North Carolina. So I went to a church in Atlanta for a summer internship and they ended up asking me to stay on full time and not go back to school. And I'm like, I really need to finish. Cause if I don't mm-hmm. finish, I never will. And so they offered to, you know, let me do it from like online school, which was just kind of starting out. Cause I'm older. Um, okay. So I did that, finished my senior year and stayed on and I ended up meeting my husband. And so I worked at that church primarily in music and children's ministry, a little bit in student ministry. Um, I did that for about seven years, eight years. And um, and then I worked at a few other churches in between. Um, and just recently, well, last year I resigned. I was a children's ministry large group director and programming and decided to step back, focus on family and uh, I'm going to seminary right now. And so that's Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to get that finished. Uh, And so just doing that while doing my podcast and all of that, um, it's been a huge blessing and I'm busier than ever. Like I'm, I'm (laughs) supposedly supposed to be staying at home and just resting and there's so much going on, but I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for the way that God's provided ways for me to serve and still be a part of ministry without, being employed by church. So that's been really cool. Yeah,
0: that, that is really cool. Yeah. I hear you about the like finishing school and (laughs) I don't know, I don't know how you're doing it going back to school. I did my, my (laughs) seminary degree right after undergrad, because I knew I would never go back if I took a break. (laughs) So it's going to be hard to get back into that again.
1: Oh yeah. When I, well, I did my last year online and it was, I mean, I was at the age where they like mailed you the DVDs, like that's (laughs) where I was. So, uh, so I was like, I'm never doing this again. Like this was so hard and I'm an auditory learner. So it was really complicated to stay focused. It was a lot of reading and things like that. And so, yeah, when I, when I felt like the Lord was calling me to go to seminary a few years ago, I was like, this is definitely God's idea. Cause I wouldn't have picked this on my own, um, but I love it. And I'm like geeking out. Um, I'm like Bible nerd extreme right now. So it, it's, it's been a good experience. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely something I wouldn't have done I wouldn't have done it right out of college. So that's the difference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I love that 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 serving was really a big piece in, in you really getting involved and getting plugged in more to your church and taking you to the next level in your faith journey and everything too. So today we're going to talk about serving. Like why, why is it so important? So let's just let's just ask that question first. Why should we get students serving within the church? Why do you think?
1: Well, I believe that that we are not called to attend church. That's not our job to go to church. Now we want, we want people to go to church. That's important, but the purpose of attending church is so that you can be a part of the body. You know, the Bible talks about all these different spiritual gifts and different offices of ministry. These are not just the employees that are on the roster on the, you know, the HR, whatever. I can't think of the word, but (laughs) it's not just the employees of the church. This is actually the body itself. And, our job is to support the body and to connect with the body. And this is where we find our spiritual gifts. This is where we get to work out those things and learn about what our gifts are and our talents are. So why wouldn't we want students to be serving in the church? Because these are the things we want them to discover. We want them to learn what their spiritual gift is, what they're good at. If they're good at working with people, like this is a great place for them to try these things out. This is a training ground for them to learn to be a human uh, and and also to grow their faith. I think I've learned more about my relationship with God, about the Bible, about connecting with other people, from serving them, from being a part of working together, not just from sitting under teaching.
0: Mm. So
1: um, so for me, I think I think service is a great way um, for anyone, not just students, but for anyone to connect with the body. And, and that's important. Um, that's what we're called to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would only add to that. I'd say like that, that is the way of, of really getting involved for the long haul. Um, cause I yeah. think a lot of people like, you know, they'll go, our students will go to, to youth group and they'll get plugged in. And if they're, if they know they have a place at our, in our student ministry, that's great. But what is going to keep them involved when they graduate? Like exactly. what's going to keep them coming back? Um, and a lot of times it, it is because they've they've found their place. They found, like we said, their spiritual gifts and they're able to give back to the church instead of just consuming. And I right. think we're guilty of that a lot in the, the Western American church. Like we we go at it as this consumer mindset so much, but how can we get people to to think about how can I give back? What has God given me that I can give back to the body and make it better? And I think one of the things that we talk to our students a lot of times around is how can they influence the adults within our church as well? It's not just Mm -hmm. them being influenced by the adults, but how can they actually influence the adults as well? So there's lots of whys, but how do we actually make this happen? Like how do we get our students involved in serving? So what are some of the ways that you've seen that have worked really well in getting students serving?
1: Well, I think for My ministry experiences working with students, because I I work with kids, but I really like part of my ministry as a as a children's ministry leader is connecting with my volunteers. And so having these opportunities to train up young people, not just the parents. I think a lot of times people assume that children's ministry should just be covered by the parents of the kids that are attending. And while they do need to be plugged in, I think the best place for a student ministry, I mean for a student to be worshiped and adored is children's ministry. You know, when they walk in the door, they're really going to find connection and feel involved and feel appreciated. And, and that's, I mean, for anybody, like that's something that every student for sure needs, especially at that age group. Um, I think it's important for student ministry leaders to help those students find their way, find their gift, find their passion. Um, there's assessments, there's all types of books, there's all types of ways that you can kind of help connect, mentor a, a student, and just help them to see that there's opportunities at the church. They might not even know that there's a place for them somewhere else. And so if student ministry leaders were to reach out to other parts of the church and say, hey, we have a group of teens that need a place to go, or we have students that need to find Their passion or their gift or whatever. There's so many places in the church that that students can serve. So I think one thing is for student ministry leaders to be proactive about Mm -hmm. it instead of just waiting for the students to come to them. Um, My home church back in Raleigh, uh, one of the pastors would not let any of uh, the students attend mission trips unless they had served in the church before that. They had to have Mm -hmm. hours of service in the church. And his his thing behind that was you don't need to go minister to kids in another country if you've never ministered to kids in our church or in our community. And so I think that's a good rule of thumb or a good perspective to have that their first taste of working with kids or serving another church should not be outside of their own church. So something to be uh, thinking about for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kids ministry is is a great way for our students to get involved. I, I've seen that like you said, like so often, like it's so cool for for our students to walk into a kids ministry environment. Those kids will automatically just adore them wanting Mm -hmm. like some, some older kid wants to hang out with me. That's awesome. And, and also I think we've seen it for adults, but it's really cool for our students to be able to grow in their faith. All of a sudden they've got to actually help someone younger than them understand Mm -hmm. what the Bible says about something and so like, they're going to have to research it a little bit themselves. They're going to have to prepare and they're digging in their Bible more than they ever have before. So that's like another benefit of that too, right. is they're going to continue to grow in their faith too. Um, what, what about those, those leaders out there who have this, they get the why they're, they're right on board with us, but they are part of a church that is not really on board with kids ser- or their students serving in a number of different areas within the church maybe maybe it's kid ministry or maybe maybe that's the only area they they have to offer yeah the students can serve in kids but nowhere else what's what's the best way for them to take the this excitement they have about getting their students involved but maybe they're they're fighting a little bit in their church
1: i'm sorry that's hard for me to imagine that people would not want students so i you know i i get that um but I, I would think that one of the reasons that we don't want students serving in different places is because, oh, they're just going to goof off. Like they're just going to mess around or like, here are all the French kids that we can't get to connect in youth group. You guys take them and put them in the nursery group over there. And, and so it's kind of like viewed viewing students as like a throwaway place to put mm-hmm. those kids that you don't know what to do with. And so that's not the way that we want to send them out for sure. Um, I think having those connections with other adults that can take them through it. Like one thing that we used to do was ask a a small group, like the small group leader and the students to serve once a month or, Mm. you know, to be like greeters and just, so they're serving with an adult that can give that supervision um but then it's all these extra people so they're learning they're getting to watch firsthand as their small group leader is greeting at the door or sitting on the floor playing with the kids or whatever but then they're also getting involved with it at the same time and i think that would be a good way for that to be that gateway between yeah. the ministry leaders not so sure if they want students around listen we're going to bring a whole group of them and they have a leader or a couple leaders that are going to come with them so having that um be a help i think also like I said before, student ministry leaders have really got to be proactive. Um, your job is, I think, is to be a hedge. You need to go before them and behind them. So you need to go before them and you need to talk to to the other leaders in your church and say, hey, my passion is for my students to learn about serving in the church. And I want them to come back to church someday. So we need to make sure there's places for them and really cast that vision or sit down with your children's ministry leader or nursery director, or, you know, your first impressions greeter team and just say, Hey, this I'm passionate about this. What can we do? How can we work together? Maybe it's not every Sunday that a student's there. Maybe we work out a a schedule or a system and have something that's very organized so that I know when they're going, you know, when they're coming. And that really creates this, um, team effort of getting everybody involved. Um, so going before them and having those conversations, um, maybe even helping them figure out a way like, Hey, I know that you have this big event coming up. What if my student ministry team comes in? and we serve in this area, mm-hmm. or we help with this one section of the big event that you're doing. And so that way you're kind of coming in with a solution, not the problem, you know, so mm-hmm. that I think a lot of times leaders, uh, other leaders might feel like, okay, I got to come up with something to, for all these kids to do. And they're already coming up with all this stuff for other people to do. So maybe if you go in with these ideas, these creative opportunities, that's going to be a big help.
0: Yeah. I think that's huge. And I think, when i think of those those people that within churches that unfortunately are not so up for a student serving it probably comes down to you know some things that you talked about maybe they had a bad experience at one point and they don't mm-hmm. want to you know have to deal with that again maybe maybe they don't have they don't feel like they have the time to to really pour into those students because when you right. bring a younger volunteer in you do need to spend sometimes more time with them to train them or help them understand so the more proactive that we're, that we're being, like you said, is going to be really, really helpful to come alongside them and partner with them in that ministry. Um, right. That's going to go along long and way. And I will I say,
1: don't come in two weeks before the event or two weeks before you want them to serve and say, hey, I got some ideas. I think this needs to be long-term planning. You know, Coming in with next, you know, next semester next year, like in the next six months, I want my students to serve you know, once a month, what can we do and give them like this broad picture so they can have those strategic places for them instead of being blindsided by, Oh, Mm -hmm. I've got to find something for all these kids. So helping those leaders by projecting out ideas in the future, I think is a big, a big help.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And I think it goes on another way too. And like, I've found myself in places where, you know, we've done such a, I think a really good job of getting our students involved. But I might have another ministry going, "Oh, yeah, we can get students involved, and kids can do this and everything, but they come to me like a week out, whatever can right. you organize this I'm like so if we're setting the example ahead of time, saying, right. Hey, we're working you know six months a year in advance, hopefully that will be reciprocated as well, and we don't get the right. response. You know, hey, we get this event next week. can, can you get some kids to serve I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah." Um, And even being proactive in that side, knowing that those things happen because things pop up, you know, like the pastor gets a great idea. He wants to do an event next (laughs) month and you're like, ah, you know, that stuff happens all the time. So maybe having just a team of student Mm -hmm. leaders that you can say, hey, can you guys help me recruit for this? Or, hey, we're, you know, always being on the lookout for opportunities um, you know, then you're not blindsided when they say, Hey, we need help with this. You, you're like, great. I have a group of 10 people that I can get together, whatever. So I think that's the thing. And I mentioned before being a hedge, um, it means so much to leaders, to children's ministry leaders and others. If the student ministry pastors and leaders will follow up, with what their Mm -hmm. students are doing. So instead of just sending them into the abyss and letting them go, (laughs) if you'll come behind them as well, follow up with those leaders, how are my kids doing? Are they working out? Is this a good fit for them? Why don't you show up and come to these events or come to a Sunday morning where they are gonna be on stage? That means a lot to a student Mm -hmm. For, for another adult. To validate what they're doing, to to show up and watch them as they're leading kids worship or doing a skit or watch them work with the little nursery kids. That that means so much to students, and I think it means um, it means a great deal to those leaders too because they know that you care about their ministry as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Thanks for that reminder because yeah, I think it's it's really easy to just go okay, hey, you guys can go serve over there and I do my own thing. But man, like to be a teenager that's serving in that area. And and not only do you think I can do that, but you're going to come and support me and Mm -hmm. ask how you can help me like that's that's really valuing that person. And it's valuing that ministry and and it's making sure that we're not we're not siloed and which is really easy to happen within churches and, and ministry. And especially within student ministry and kids ministry, those those ministries can easily get siloed. But we can be proactive in making sure that we're not just sending kids over there, but actually playing a role and helping them to continue to develop and and showing them how to really pass on their faith, especially if they're serving in kids ministry, they're having a direct influence and in the faith journey of of someone younger than them. So how are we setting them up well to do that?
1: Exactly. And I mean the best events that we've ever had the best programming moments that we've ever had it's when ministries are connecting together so when student ministry and children's ministry are working together or when the the senior pastor comes in and and sees what's happening at this big event we're all connected those are great moments those are great events um like you said when we're siloed out it, you feel isolated and you know i think it's it's how the body of christ is supposed to work together so it's a good thing
0: absolutely So I'd love to give you an opportunity today to speak to our audience. And I know that there are probably some, some people that are listening today that are not connected as much as they would really like to be. So do you have any encouragement for them or anything that you would like to say to them?
1: Yes. Find, find your people. Um, I think that's a book title. I'm not going to steal it, but uh, (laughs) um, yeah, I think it's really important. You know, when I first started out in ministry, that, that, church that gave me the full-time job after the internship, there was a a good number of us that were in our twenties and we were all young and we're all serving. And so we just found ways to connect with each other. Uh, and we created a small group. Um, I think a lot of times as ministry leaders, it's really easy to tell everybody else to be in a small group, but then you don't do it yourself. So I think that's important. Um, I think, the hard thing for me to learn as a ministry leader is that I'm not getting to sit in church and I'm not getting to be poured into like I'm used to or how I was before. And that can get start to feel a little dry. And so I just kind of had, had to acquiesce that, you know what, this is my job. This is where I am. And so I'm going to find... Podcasts, and I'm going to find other leaders, and I'm going to find a mentor, and I'm going to have other ways that I'm poured into, so that Sunday can be a day of service. Mm. And um, so for me, I think that those are really important things that I just I, I make that time to be poured into, so that I have something to give on a Sunday. Mm. Um, I think those are really important. And then what a blessing that we, you know, have Facebook and the internet to mm. to provide so many different resources and groups and uh, connections with different conferences. I think all of those are just great ways for people to stay connected. So um, sometimes I think the internet gets a bad rap, but I, I believe there's tools out there that we could definitely use and use them wisely. So yeah, that, that would be how I'd answer that question.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, it brought us together. Like we had not know each other before. That's you know, right. A few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think I think what the the thing that I keep getting from you, Kristen, is like the importance of being proactive. If we're seeing areas that we need to improve upon, whether that be getting more students serving within our church and with our ministry, within the community, um, whether that be us realizing that we are not connected as much as uh, possible, as much as we should be. We need to be proactive. And instead of just sitting back going, well, I wish it was better. Let's. What, how can we actually make that better? How can we take some proactive steps and actually improving upon those areas of our own lives, but those areas of our ministry as well? And and if you look around your church and you go, "Wow, it'd be great if if students were actually serving." well, how can you have those connections with with the other ministry leaders? How can you make those things happen? Have the conversations brainstorm together and start to work on solutions instead of just wishing it was better.
1: (laughs) Right. I think a lot of times we assume someone else's answer before we ask them the question, um, that's for anything, but you know, like a volunteer, you're like, they're probably too busy. They wouldn't want to do mm-hmm. this. And you answer their qu- the question for them instead of giving them the opportunity. Um, same for you. Like if you're trying to find leaders or if you're trying to connect with other people, the least they could say is no. So reach out, ask those people, find somebody in your community, find another church that you guys can network with and, and get ideas off e- each other. And, you know, just find those people that they're out there. And I think um, don't assume that they don't want to do it. If they say no, they, they say no, move on to the next one. Uh, no harm, no foul. But I think it you're going to miss out if you don't ever be proactive and ask someone. So um, it's always important to take that step.
0: Cool. Well, just for fun before we before we wrap up i know another thing that you do on your podcast is you have your guests tell a story about when they were a kid so i'd love to hear a story about when you were a kid
1: yeah well we've always been um my family like my brother and sister we've always always been really close and um i'm the oldest of the two and so i um I was always in charge. I was the babysitter. I was always telling everybody what to do. And so um we always had great memories of me just bossing everyone around. But um <laughs> <laughs> but I one of the um things we loved to do was to play downstairs. We had a really like big basement. Uh, in one of the houses we lived in, and we would go down there and play. We had bean bags and a big, t- a, you know, those big like tube TV, but you know, yeah. that would get like warm if you watched it too long. That yeah. kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> Duck hunt, you know, with the with the Nintendo oh, yeah. gun. Yes, when you hold it right up against the screen, yeah, it <laughs> right. went every time. Uh, so th- we did a lot of stuff down there. And one year, we could hear something moving down there um, in the basement, and we're like, "It's kind of there's kind of like a weird noise down here. Are you making that?" No, and so. Um, we opened the door. I don't know who it was. It might've been my dad and discovered that a squirrel had gotten in and like burrowed into the side of the house and was in the basement, just like running laps. (laughs) Every time you would open the door and turn the light on, you would see it just shoot across the thing. (laughs) And so it took a long time to get the squirrel out of the basement, but you know, those are always great memories. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. I think after then, that, we
1: got a cat. I think that was when we were like, it's time for it. It's time for an animal to help with the other animals and control yeah. this, get this. out. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, Kristen, it's been so great to have you on the podcast today. I know our, our audience is going to want to connect with you more. They're probably going to want to ask some follow-up questions, check out your podcast as well. Yeah. So what are the best places for people to find you online?
1: Yeah, I'm on Instagram uh Kristen Clark or you can go to my podcast at Collide Kids Pod. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on TikTok reluctantly. Um because <laughs> I'm old. Uh but yeah, you can act with me there and then I'll have you know two more followers. Um and then definitely go to my website, collidekidspodcast.com. Uh that's where we'll find out more about the website, I mean the podcast and about me. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd love to help and anybody that needs help leaders. I love working with leaders. That's something that I'm really passionate about right now. So happy to help uh, however I can. So yeah, please connect with me.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And, and again, another plug for your podcast. Like I know a lot of our audience probably has kids as well. So it'd be a great thing for, for parents and kids to listen together and enjoy that as well.
1: Yeah. There's a place on my website. So if you have kids, they don't have to be young, they can be older and you want to submit a joke or your favorite Bible verse, just go to my website and click the kids only tab. And you can be on the podcast too.
0: That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I know it's that section is for kids, but it's one of my favorite parts of your podcast as well. Cause it's, it's so cool just to hear from other kids and especially like, it's fun to hear their jokes, but I love when they're, they're, they're sharing their, their favorite Bible verse and why that's yes. so cool to like I, I told our kids ministry the other day, I got an opportunity to to lead their, their huddle before they started their ministry that morning. And I just encouraged them like, man, like one of the great things that we get to do is hang out with these kids and the impact that they have on us is sometimes greater than the usually probably greater than the impact that we have on them absolutely and one of the biggest things that they inspire me to have is as that childlike faith that Jesus talks about it's so important and so it's it's cool to have that regular reminder on your podcast from kids going hey this is my verse this is why this is why I love Jesus and Mm -hmm. it's enough to inspire me to go yep I need to get back to that that childlike faith
1: Yeah. And I'm so glad that you listen. And I think, I think sometimes people see it as a kid's podcast and they are like, Oh, it's not for me, but really it's, it's for anybody that wants to listen. You know, when I first started, I was like, I don't know if anybody's going to listen to adults talking. Mm -hmm. Um, but we were sitting around at Christmas and I was watching my kids just, you know, like lasered in on my conversation with my cousin and with my sister. And so I knew I kind of had something, I think kids do like to listen in, but Um, for any of the adults that need inspiration or ideas or, um, you know, ministry leaders. There's so many people that I've had on my podcast that are, have resources for leaders and for parents. So if that's something you're looking for, it's, it's a great place to check it out. So please listen and check and see if there's something there for you. And then you can get inspired by the kids at the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks (laughs) so much again, Kristen, for being on the podcast today and may God bless your ministry.
1: Thank you so much. You too.
0: I hope you enjoy connecting with Kristen Clark today. And if you want to connect with her even more, you can check out all the links in our show notes. And while you're there in the show notes, you're also going to find the link to our sponsor, G Shades. That's G S H A D E S dot O R G. And make sure you use the promo code connection because you're going to save $20 off your order. Thank you so much, G Shades, for sponsoring this episode. And just like that, we are almost at the end of episode 91. We're closing in on 100 episodes, which is really, really exciting. But before we do close out today, I just want to ask a favor of you. If you enjoy what you hear, Number one, be sure to subscribe, but also be sure to leave a positive comment if you can on your favorite podcast app, and then share it with someone else in student ministry. It helps us get the word out there. It helps us grow this community, and we can continue to have great guests moving forward. So consider doing that if you enjoy what you've heard so far. Thank you so much again for being here. Be sure to stay connected and may God bless your ministry.